0: And then at this time, I'd like to announce our first speaker. It's Mr. Doyle Carter, and he'll be giving his message on considering our Heavenly Father. Get myself situated up here. Just gathering thoughts. I actually had a longer title than this just to kind of break the ice with me a little bit because I actually had it where it the character I had a long title like the brief look at the fatherly characteristics of God the Father blah 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 and I decided to shorten it down to something simpler today so considering our Heavenly Father because I had another topic in mind a few weeks ago when I saw the schedule but I was kind of politely reminded it was Father's Day this weekend by several co-workers as well as Dad who came to visit and uh Thus, I decided it would be fitting to go ahead and consider our Heavenly Father and His characteristics and how He is like a good Heavenly Father to us. And I did ask Dad, how, do we, how does he get over the nervousness of being up here? He had two simple words, you don't. <laughs> that was just all there was to it, you don't. <laughs> that was a good answer too, I like that one. Now, as we know, tomorrow we'll be honoring, or this weekend, if nothing else, but for sure tomorrow we'll be honoring our fathers, our physical fathers who you know, have raised us, and, and show them how important they are in our lives. And I thought today, in this brief talk today, or sermonette, we would just go into a few points about how God the Father is important in our life, and His characteristics. I had found an article online from Ask Men and it had 12 different points, and I just figured, well, we don't want to be here for three hours. So I picked four specific ones in the article itself and modified them a little because some of the points weren't exactly what I would consider a fatherly character, one or two. But I picked four good ones, and I know this is not going to be comprehensive because there's a, like I told Dale last Thursday when I was trying to rehearse a little bit with him, Dale Murphy from Springfield, Missouri, if anyone knows him, here, like they do he was saying that uh he was saying God to understand God would take a lifetime and even then I don't think we'd understand God he's such a big god but i so i narrowed it down to four characters first like a good father he provides us rules rules or standards for our happiness and success in life he gives us guidance and my reference scripture on this one was Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 16. Now, this is toward Israel, but as a disclaimer on that, I recognize that God does give us... Okay, we'll go read it first. I think that would be the best. To Israel, he says, in Deuteronomy 30, let's put that right there, 15 through 16, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgment, that you may live long and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you. So for Israel, he set these standards so they will... As it says in verse 16, that he can bless them and they will multiply. And like, like Israel, he gives us guidance. That's the word I'd probably use there, but guidance. He gives, it for, he gives us the Old Testament and the examples of the Israel when they're in the wilderness. He gives us the prophets and the nation of Israel. Jesus Christ himself came down and taught how we should live and how we can be productive in life how we can be a how we can be a blessing to others as well and our because we're not an island we, when we do things wrong or let's say the, the purpose of guidance is to keep us from getting into trouble most of the time and says so we don't always know like children don't always know when they when something may not be the right way and you've got to be disciplined well gui- the uh, so basically the guidance is to help us to be productive The second one, second one, which does relate to it, which I just happened to say, the second has a good father. He will provide discipline when needed. So not just giving us guidance. Once we're willing to follow his guidance, he will give us discipline to keep us on that road. For, like I was trying to say earlier, I, I jumped thoughts intentionally, uh, sorry about that. It's just they kind of these two points combine a little bit. Not just give guidance, but you also got to get discipline to keep you on that road. Because, and it's an act of love, actually, in a way, to keep us on that road, because we're not an island. When you do something like lie or steal, you have affected someone else. And by keeping us on that, we are a benefit, we're not a problem to someone else. As it says in Proverbs 3.11, The person who wrote Proverbs wrote this. It says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. nor and Oh, I'm sorry, and I meant to say this earlier. I'm going through the New King James, if I didn't say that earlier. I meant to say that. <laughs> but it should say something similar in the King James as well. So, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest the correction, his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the son... In as, okay as, just as a father the son in whom he delights. like I said correction keeps us in the straight narrow path because if otherwise we'd be all we'd run all over the neighborhood causing trouble and causing chaos and it hurts us as well as everybody else around us keeps harmony plus it, it just, it's good for us in the overall. My alternate scripture to this one was in Hebrews 12. Five through six, if I'm not going an antidote attid- and here a story, I didn't want to tattle on myself. Because <laughs> my dad my dad did discipline me quite a few times here and there, and I'm glad he did, because otherwise who knows what would have happened, you know. You know, and in this case, I decided not to tattle on myself and some of the things I did in my past. so <laughs> keep that to myself. In Hebrews 12: five through six. Get there real quick. It says, And you have and you have forgotten the ex- exhortation which spoken to you as a son as to a son. My son, do not do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he shall chasten and scorn every son whom he receives. The reason a father would, like my dad said once when I was being punished, I was all upset about it. He said, I'm doing this for your own good. Kids don't catch that. It's like, whatever. But looking back after all these years, he's right. If you would have let me go a certain, certain path, who knows what, would have been, what kind of character I would have built. And that's why he, well, I can see God correcting us in our lives to keep us on that path. Because once the character is there, it's hard to, re, to unroot out. Okay, so now my next point is that third, like a good father, he provides for the needs of his own, or his children. I kind of quoted from them, but he provides for our needs. This this thought came up this morning, actually more than anything else, as far as what I was thinking. Unfortunately, being physical, we have needs. Unfortunately, we need food, water, shelter, all that. And it's a good thing. And because we, and we worry about these things, because, you know, it makes us uncomfortable. If you don't eat for two days, you don't feel that great. You know, or if you're not don't have a coat when it's cold, you know, you don't feel it, it's not as comfortable. But God knows what we need, and he will provide what we need. My reference to this is Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Aren't helping me as well. It says in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, and this is Jesus' words, therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what we shall wear. For all this, all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But first seek the king, first the king use the King James. Let me start that 33 over again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. So as long as you're seeking his will he will go ahead I mean, he will make sure you're taken care of as far as your needs. He's not going to leave you hanging. As it said well, like, and I actually did a side reference and like it said in Deuteronomy uh, 30 he said if you keep my statutes and my ways and love your Lord God I will multiply you. He will provide blessings. He will take care of you. And it says in Matthew seven, just one page over. Again, Jesus' words. He's, he says in Matthew seven, eight, in verse eight, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will open, or it will be opened or what or what man is there among you if a if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent if you then being evil knowing how to give good gifts to your father or your child how much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts and good things to those who ask of him so God loves us. He wants us to have what we need. And he will take care of us. As long as we see we, he will take care of us. I thought of an example. There's actually two I thought of and I won't go in. But I'm going to go into a, a third party example today. There was a certain female I worked with. A, a lady, whatever you want to say. She, somebody, I don't know what happened to her car. If it was stolen, if it was Whatever but she, was, she had to pick rides to go to work and such things as that Well, after a couple of weeks that became a problem she never told her dad apparently from what I'm gathering from, the, from what she told me she just said I'm not going to burden my dad with this well he started she started having problems getting to work because people got tired of taking her well her dad got the word that she was having problems with the car because it was stolen so, or I think it was stolen I think that was the story so what he did was since he was already thinking about buying a new car anyway he bought a new car, and then when she came to visit on a Sunday, she just, he just did this. And he goes, What's this? This is my car keys. I said, I gathered that. It's your new car. He didn't care to sell it, he just gave it to his daughter because he loved her enough to realize that she needed that car to get to work, get food, and to get around the need. It was a need to, he, he felt that she needed. And he took the loss of not having to sell it and he said to her to his daughter he loved her and that's why you know you're more important than this car and you need it so I thought that was a real nice story because she was showing it off at work she said can I come out after work until check it out he had a nice car too but that was a nice touching story of a fatherly love toward a daughter in this case saying hey you need this I know you need it it's not something you're just kind of wishing for that might not be important it's something you need so God, and if and God will definitely do the same thing for us because He loves us. If we need something like, if, for example, I know someone who needed a, a bigger paycheck one time. He got a bonus, arbitrarily. He didn't know he was getting a bonus. Just a bonus came in. He just, he just went, wow, because he was gonna. He gave a tithe and he was cutting. He was cutting short in his budget, and all of a sudden they said, oh, we forgot to give you this. And it's like, what's this? You know, a letter. You don't get a letter from your boss very often. You're going, huh? It turned out it was a check, a two, two or three hundred dollar bonus check. He didn't even know existed. They just forgot to put that in with his check. So that was a blessing in itself. And he had prayed, had the church, or had some friends at the church pray for him on it. So it's a really nice story. The fourth point is, like a father, like a good father, he shows unconditional love toward us. And this is very, I like this one because no matter what we do overall, God will love us. He cares for us. Like, and in my example, and I didn't give Brian the scripture because I'm just going to use it as a reference. It's the prodigal son in Luke 15, 11 through 32. You hear, the and I'm just going to alliterate it real quickly. You had a younger son who felt like he, he wanted to go out in the world and live, live in the world and see what it was like so he demanded I gathered he demanded his half of the inheritance to leave I'm gonna go out dad I'm gonna see the world and I, I'm not sure of all that conspired between him and and so he leaves okay well unfortunately he apparently didn't know how to handle money or whatever because suddenly he's now in a position where he has no, almost no food. He has a low-class job, work, feeding pigs. And for Jews, that would have been a terrible thing. Fact, for me, that'd be a terrible thing. I've, I've seen the pig die; they stink. So, but I can see why he wouldn't been happy there. Where I used to live at the university, they had a pig farm of some sort, and I'd, I guess out of boredom as a kid, I'd walk by it. And so that, when I read that, I think about feeding them. <laughs> but, but I can see. So he's coming back thinking. Well, my dad and my dad's got servants who pay, who have a better life than I do. I'll just go back as a servant. He won't, you know. In verse twenty, he says, and his he says, but when he was still far off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and kissed his neck. So he came back when his son came back. He didn't just go, son, you shouldn't have. He came back, gave him a robe, gave him a ring. He said, you're 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 back. And that's something I like because even no matter how much we sin, we can still, if we have a repentant heart and willing to follow, we can come back. I think that's the, most, one, that's the most touching to me as far as the attributes of God is that he loves us to the point that if we foul up for whatever reason, he will allow us to come back if we have a repentant heart. And the other reference I had here is from Paul on this. And in Paul and Romans 8, 38 through 39, Paul seemed to have felt basically the same general way because he says, when he wrote to the Romans on the matter, in verse 38, he says, For I am, okay, Romans 8, verse 38 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, never get that word out perfect, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. But if you know when you read that, we can separate ourselves. That's the The thing that's missing there. So, we don't want to separate ourselves from the love of God. We want to be looking toward Him as a Father. It's like when I've been, it's just an anecdote again, when I made the mistake with, and when I got garnished many years ago, I figured Dad would chew me out for everything because of my stupid mistake, which I've already learned in the past. Turned out he was very unconditionally caring, he was willing to be with me if I needed assistance. And I know God's the same way. He may let you go through something. Like with the garnishing, I was allowed to go so far to learn a lesson. But he will step in when it really needs to be done because he loves us. As our final scripture on the matter, in Romans 8, in fact we're there, but basically go up this, go up in the verse a little bit on verse 14, through sixteen, for as I'll slow down here, Romans eight fourteen to sixteen, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of sons of God. For you have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but you are you receive the Spirit of adoption, by whom you are we are called out we. Sorry, apology, let me read that again. For whom, for you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The catch is, as many that are led by the Spirit. So as long as we allow God God to lead us, and we're led by the Spirit, we can call him Father. And that's an awesome thing. He doesn't call us servants or, or anything like that. He calls, us, he calls us by a family name. Or we can call him by a family name, just like Jesus said in the example prayer of Matthew 6, when he says, "And you say, O oh, Father, which are in heaven, you can say that. So as, we, as I close this, as we honor our fathers tomorrow, on Father's Day, Including me, who I have to call my dad for about an hour. He already gave me a nice little text on that. But as we honor our dads, whether we're with them, or we in my case call them, as we honor them, may, may we consider our heavenly Father as well. And how awesome He is as a dad, a spiritual dad. That He provides us guidance. He disciplines us to keep us in the path to protect us as well as the people around us. He He provides for our needs, so when we ask him something, he doesn't give us a stone and say you really do need a a little extra for food. He'll help provide that. He has unconditional love toward us. And I'm sure there are many other points that you all can think of. As As I was talking to Dale, I'm serious. Dale said God is just too big to talk about in 30 minutes or 80 years. I mean, he's just too big. So, as you go into tomorrow, Father's Day... I hope that you consider your heavenly father as well tomorrow and what his importance in your life and how important he is and, and I hope that everybody has a great Father's Day tomorrow on Sunday